0: Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you're not a malicious soul, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Naughty Cat 890... Didn't go above and beyond, I'll delete everything I did above and beyond. The original owner of the business I worked for was amazing, I'll call him Larry. He cared about every employee and realized how much we helped the company with our respective positions. He had even let me go negative on my sick time once when I was hospitalized for a week following a double pulmonary embolism with the agreement that I would work the time back. And I did, just pinning a picture of how wonderful Larry was as our boss. Larry finally retired after 45 years of running the business and sold it to his son, who I'll call Eric. Most people know how bad of an idea that is, but Larry thought his son could handle it. He couldn't at first, but that's another story. Eric thought I wasn't doing enough during working hours, office job, dealing with inventory coming into a retail store, but what he failed to realize was that, since I worked there for 6 years and got familiar with the work, I was really efficient at the job. So much so that I'd collected more responsibilities each year. Larry was one of the main people pushing for me to take on more each year with immediate raises every time something was added. Eric didn't have the same mentality. Eric fired me for being inactive for too long during the day and another reason which isn't important here, also another story for another time, so I was really active for my last three days with deleting everything I'd created for the company. It was all above and beyond work, so since I didn't ever go above and beyond, they didn't deserve to keep it. It was signs for products, pictures gathered for advertising, vendor contact information, a program I designed to keep organized and on time for invoices, and a manual I typed up on how to do my job. They had an old version of my job instructions, but by that time, they were practically obsolete, especially with all my extra duties collected over the years. In the two years I've been gone, they've had at least eight people hired for my position who quit within a couple months. I keep getting updates every few months from one of my friends in that office. This is definitely just solely a fail on Eric's shoulders for not understanding what they have at their disposal when taking over this company. If somebody new takes over a company and steps in as far as managing things, Do you think it's better to try to insert yourself and try to give your voice and thoughts on things? Or do you think it's better for them to just learn how to either sink or swim? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by an anonymous poster. Well if you don't like it, you can quit, okay sure. I feel like this is a pretty bog standard story that's posted on here, and you might have also caught me witching about this on r slash anti-work a month or so back under my old main, so apologies if you're experiencing deja vu. I was too proud of my own malicious compliance not to share. And my IRL friends have gotten sick of the story, so it's time to share with Reddit. When Omicron was just starting to be a thing, the state I live in had just lifted their mask mandate a month or so prior. I was working in a small cafe, having quit my full-time job in January of 2021 in order to limit my exposure to COVID. The owner of this cafe didn't actually care about it. She was an empty nester stay-at-home mom with a rich husband who decided she wanted to put small business owner in her Facebook bio, so us five baristas were the ones actually running the cafe. I was naively kissing butt in the hopes I could put general manager as my job title on my resume, so in future job interviews, they wouldn't awkwardly ask why I went from a full-time manager in charge of ordering supplies to a part-time barista in a dinky tourist cafe. I was putting in a lot of work for $9 an hour. I was purchasing supplies and doing inventory on my own dime and my own time and then submitting receipts for reimbursement. I was categorized as part-time but pulling full-time hours and could regularly be found on my days off shooting the crap with my coworkers and likely making a few drinks when it was more convenient for me to be doing the work. And the craziest part is I wasn't unique in the work I was putting into this place. None of us were working there for the money because the money was crap. This was a blank slate of a cafe that we were given the freedom to turn into whatever we wanted. And we were all passionate about making it the space we wanted it to be. My boss got to say she was a small business owner and put an apron on to pose for Instagram selfies once a month when she actually worked there. And we got to develop a great atmosphere with cool customers and a great staff. But back to Omicron. That's where the story really begins. Three of our five baristas all caught COVID at the same time, and us being homebodies, we could have only have gotten it from the cafe. The five of us who actually work there jumped on a text group chat that included my boss to discuss what likely happened and what we wanted to do going forward. All of us wore masks, but since our country's health department hadn't announced a mandatory mask mandate, we hadn't been throwing too much of a fuss when people came in maskless. We just rolled our eyes and made their drinks. In the text group chat, the five of us agreed that under these circumstances, we should impose a strict mask mandate of our own, regardless of the county's stance. But the owner was adamantly against it. She had every reason under the sun why she wouldn't allow us to impose a mask mandate. She said since the county didn't have one, we shouldn't either. We totes couldn't have gotten COVID from the cafe because one of the three who caught it had only worked two days of the week the others contracted it, etc. I was really frustrated by this because it feels like it's easy for someone to make decisions about other people's health when you don't actually spend any time whatsoever in that environment. Plus, her motivations were perfectly transparent. She had an obsession with our reviews on Google And in the state of Utah, if a business requires people to wear masks, the business suddenly gets quite a few one-star reviews. I would have preferred to talk to her in person, but since my boss never spent any time in the cafe, I instead sent her a text outside of the group chat expressing my concerns. I felt I was very professional and assertive, saying, Hi owner, I would really like to encourage you to rethink your stance on requiring masks within the store at least for the potential duration that any of us might be transmissible, both for our safety and for the safety of our customers. And she responded with the most absolute, passive-aggressive text I think I've ever seen. I'll go ahead and type out a few spicy portions of the long text she sent in reply. OP, if another person tests positive, I will be closing cafe without knowing for how long. If you do not feel comfortable at cafe, or are worried about your health, I understand if you do not want to continue to work at CAFE. As of now, it is still a choice for guests to wear masks. Basically, screw you. No masks. If you don't like it, you can quit. I was annoyed as freak. I didn't send anything in response. Instead, I updated my resume on my phone and started to apply to other jobs. I got a few interviews and very quickly landed a job. This was at the height of signs and windows saying, please God, work for us. And right before I was going to give my boss two weeks' notice, for the sake of my coworkers, not for her, the county imposed a new mask mandate, and she texted the group chat something like, guests are required to wear masks now, yay, as if that was the only thing keeping us from enforcing mandates. So that's when I officially quit. I think it really caught her off guard that I called her bluff like that. And as soon as I walked out the door for the last time as an employee, she was scrambling to pull things back together since my co-workers were not about to make things easy and pick up the work I dropped for her. She was so disgruntled by my quitting that she went so far as to change all the locks on the store and change all the computer passwords, as if I was going to sneak in in the middle of the night and steal from her. She really showed her true colors, two of my former co-workers are currently looking for other jobs, and it sounds like my former boss has really started to lose it now that she has to do work for the cafe. It's not fun to work there anymore, and getting my boss up to speed on how to work inside the cafe she owns is like teaching a high schooler whose mom made them get a summer job. Man, I'm imagining this owner being there, like, trying to figure out these positions, being like, okay, what do I do now? And it's just clear to you they've never worked in any kind of environment like that. And not only that, but you can tell they don't actually really want to be doing any of it, so that's just going to cause their brain to not retain any of that. Wait, how do you do this again? Could you help me with that? Where's this thing again? Ad nauseum. This next story is by Aladdin 2. No exposed wires. So I work in HVAC and we were doing some relatively minor duct work on an old cigar factory building. An architectural firm had bought the building, which was already being used for office space. And being an architectural firm, they of course wanted to make some changes. The big change was cutting out a piece of the second floor above the downstairs lobby to make it a more inviting space. This impacted the ductwork for the first floor, hence us being there to move it. Everything was going pretty smoothly for us, but there was a guy from the firm who was very hands-on with the subcontractors and very picky about exactly how things got done. One issue he had with our work was with a basic return air grate we put in. He didn't like the looks of it, so we swapped it with one he liked. No problem. Upstairs was the main office area, and he was obsessed with having nothing exposed. Power wires, thermostat wires, ethernet, etc. The problem with that is, the buildings in the area are old mills and factories, and are made of brick with huge timber beams supported by solid metal columns. The common way to deal with this was to run your wires as neatly as possible exposed. There were some interior sheet rock walls so for the most part everything got rerouted through there as to appease the no exposed wires rule. The issue, the building has forced hot water for heat on the office floor and while we had the central main thermostat on an interior wall, there is a separate zone of baseboard along an outside wall with a zone head that needs to be wired to a thermostat to work automatically. He didn't want to see that wire. I explained the wire needs to be attached to work correctly and suggested rerunning the small brown wire along the corner of the brown wooden beam so as to be practically unnoticeable. Nope, no exposed wires. A little more back and forth with the same answer. Okay, everything else is done, so I cut the wire, pulled it off the wall, and we're out of there. Fallout, winter Wintertime, we get an extra cold week. Firm calls us and says, hey this area of our office is real cold. I go out, show them how to manually open the zone head so it heats when the main loop is heating. Things start to be warmer, but still cool enough for the heat to be on. Hey, this area is too hot. Go back over and show them again how to turn the zone off manually. Next year winter time, hey this area is too cold. I go out and open the zone head and tell the office manager that this will be the last time we're doing this for free. The next time will be a $100 service call to move the lever. Manager questions why we left it like that and I get to explain that their guy, who didn't seem to be around anymore, instructed me to remove all exposed wires. So that's what we did and we could put it back for so and so amount of money if they wanted. Not sure what they ended up doing, but that was the last time I went over there. I kinda get it, like OCD type situations, you want everything to look super slick and neat and nice, but if OP explains something's going to altogether lose functionality because you don't want to run a brown wire along a brown beam that is going to be practically unnoticeable, letting them cut it and leave is going a little overboard. And our final story of the days by Personal Lavishness 4, we're going to have to throw them away. In the late 90s, I volunteered at a small private school. They had little money for extras like computers or computer teachers. I don't know much about computers, but I knew how to plug them in, and I know how to put one together if you gave me all the parts. So naturally, I got asked to be the director of the computer lab. It had two very old computers and naturally it was a volunteer job. I had very little money and a lot of time. They knew that I wanted a job. They told me that after I build it up, they would put a salary in the budget. I taught classes the difference between the components, some file structure, some basics, some DOS, and how rebooting your computer usually solves whatever problems you have. The concept of drivers. The thing is, the director of the school hated fundraising. So my salary never got added to the budget, and the director often kept himself busy doing other things, useless things. One sunny morning, he finds me and tells me to wish him luck. If today goes right, we're going to have a huge computer lab. He comes back from his meeting with a huge smile. I did it! I convinced the bank to donate to us their old computers. Okay, great. Now I have to set up and maintain 50 new, for us, computers. I can't wait. The computers got delivered the next week. All terminals. These were bank computers. I had no idea how to get them running. They didn't have hard drives or operating systems. The keyboard and mouse ports were different. They weren't the standard PS2 at the time. I think they somehow connected to a server, which did not get donated. Their monitors only did text, no graphics. They were useless to us. We needed something to run America Online and Carta. Maybe SimCity. You know, educational stuff. I had no idea how to get these to work. I tried asking the director, telling him that the 50 computers were not useful. He got super annoyed. I'm sure they can be helpful in some way. They must be worth something. Figure it out, because if you can't, we're going to have to throw them away. He thought he was threatening me. He did not think I'd throw out 50 computers. After all, he worked hard to get them. I did not hesitate at all my next class, I had screwdrivers for everyone. We disassembled everything. If it had a screw, we unscrewed it. The class figured out what each piece was, and then the class activity was to take the pieces to the dumpster. By the end of the next day, there was nothing left. The next day, the director asked me where the computers were. I said, oh, you're right, they were very useful. The students took them apart, learned all about the different components, and then threw them out just like he said we should. His face turned all sorts of colors and he stormed out. What I didn't tell him is that I saved the RAM from the garbage. I mean, after all, it was in the garbage, right? And sold them on the online classifieds. Remember Yahoo! Classifieds? For $20 a piece. There were two in each computer, so I got $2,000. I guess they were useful after all. Well, shoot, if you're doing all this volunteer work for free, you can't feel too guilty about taking those excess parts that were going to go into the trash anyways and making some money that doesn't even cover the amount of salary you should have gotten up to that point. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel, and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?